Well, good evening. Hope everyone's doing well. Looking forward to a good night. Revival here at Gethsemane Baptist Church. Welcome. We welcome all the visitors. It's always exciting to... Uh, it's always exciting for us to have revival and see a lot of people we only see during revival. Yeah, it's, uh, so we, we want to welcome everybody. Looking forward to a good time and a good spirit moving tonight. So... We can meet tonight because he didn't stay dead. He rose on that third day. Jesus told his disciples of things to come. He'd be persecuted. place to lay his head. He never a place to go around. Hey, when he got here, he had absolutely nothing. He gave the splinter of heaven for us. He hung on that cross, and when he got off that cross, hey, he showed them how much power he had. He came up out of that grave. And because he came out of that grave, we can have victory tonight. Thank God. He didn't stay dead. Me. And his word he has taught me 
case you were wondering, the rival's been going good. <laughs> oh, man. then you don't believe the Bible. That's all that means. I believe every word of it. And I don't mean any Bible either. I mean an authorized virgin, 1611 King James. People say, well, you are crazy to believe that kind of stuff. Call us crazy, whatever you want to. We're Bible believers. That's why we act so crazy all the time. Because we actually believe everything in here really happened. Amen. We're not taking anything out either. And if we don't believe it happened, we need to change the way we believe. Stand and turn to number 44 when we all get to heaven. 
sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sign. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of Him in glory will the toils of life repay. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Onward to the prize before us, soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Amen. I tell you what, you can be seated, but choir, come on up. Y'all have, come on, fill the choir up, guys.
say I could brag about what he's done in the church and everything has been good amen and the meetings and it's been good but I, I want to I tell you what he's done for me I'm talking about I'm talking about this is serious and I, I don't know I may not reach you with this and some of you may not get this but those of you do 
hook up with me for just a second. I'm talking about every time I pray. I'm talking about bow my knees and every time I pray, I feel a touch from heaven. Amen. I feel the presence of God. Hallelujah. I told you that some of you wouldn't get that. But those of you that do, hallelujah. Amen. Hey, you know you're in high cognitive at that time. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, oh, y'all are just trying to pump it up. That's exactly right. Amen. My goodness, you'd be pumped up if you was at a ball game right now or in the deer woods. It's so much better than any of that. We got something to pump up about. We got something to brag about. We got a Savior that loves us, died for us, is coming again.
no better way to tell you than to say. special, but I don't want to mess nothing up. I think it's ready. I think it's preaching time. And so we've got Brother Tony Hudson with us tonight. We're glad to have him. We've got Brother Jim Chandler here. Boy, both of them both preached great messages. We're very thankful for that. Glad that they're here. Glad all of you are here. So pay attention tonight as Brother Tony comes and preaches what God's laid on his heart. You'll find the text in 1 Kings, I believe, is where we need to go. Boy, I like it like this. I like to be in meetings where they raise their hand when they ain't got any questions. And, uh, Brother Mays was preaching in a church. Brother Mays Jackson, they were dead. There's such a thing as that. And, and don't worry about the wildfire. 
There's enough wet blankets in here to put that out. And this old sister got happy. She got to shouting. And it was an old dry hide church. And two of the ushers came and got her and started taking her out the back. And she hollered out, Brother Mays, praise God. Said, Jesus rode one in Jerusalem. I'm riding two to the foyer, praise God. And let me say this. You don't have to shout to be right with God. But if you're right with God, you won't mind if somebody else does. That's where the problem comes in. Everybody going to act like, act like the other one acts. But you, you get around this. If your spirit don't bear witness this is real, then I doubt you're saved. Ain't but one Holy Ghost. And my spirit was bearing witness the whole time. This stuff's good. I was glad when they said I made them go in the house of the Lord. And I, and I get, it gets better along the way. All right, y'all take all the bass out of this thing. I heard Dr. Howell say that one time, and I've always wanted to say it. So give me all treble and no bass because I, I need some trebles. Everybody all right? <clears throat> I want to help you. I honestly believe we could go through the motions tonight. We're religious enough that we could, we could be entertained. And, and I don't think humor is wrong. I preached in some places and hyper-spiritual people wanted to try to stare me down for saying something funny, you know. Well, the Bible said a merry heart does good like a medicine. Some of y'all look like you need 30 cc's tonight. You pray for me. You can't always, I'm shaking hands, they said, I'm anxious to hear you preach. Well, sometimes what you get is not what you want. You think you want something. I heard about a little boy moved in a rural town and there was no toys for fighting roosters and fighting dogs. And he had a dog that had, word got out that dog had never lost a fight. And he went down to the store. They was all spitting and whittling on the front porch. And he walked up there and the store owner, the man on that general store, country store, said, say, son, I heard you got a bad dog. And he said, yes, sir. said, I, my dog ain't never lost a fight. He said, I'd like to pit my dog with your dog. And he said, well, well, you pick the day. And they waited. The sheriff was gone. And, and man, they came. Here come that, that man from the store had a big old brindle pit bull. I mean, foaming at the mouth, cropped off ears, big old wide spike collar, had a log chain holding him back. He was dragging him across the ground, piling up leaves on their feet. And here came this new boy from town. Had a little old squatty-looking dog. He's solid white, had a long nose, little old bobbed-off tail, beady-eyed. And uh, he looked at it and laughed. That storm laughed at that dog. And then they bumped noses like they do. And when they let go of those leads, that little white dog just reached up and just <laughs> swallowed that pit bull hole. That man began to cry. Man, he said, I ain't, ain't believing this. He said, that's a champion dog right there. He said, he ain't never lost a fight. He said, son, what kind of dog do you have? He said, well, before I painted him white and cut his tail off, he was an alligator. Praise God. <laughs> Some of y'all look like, can he preach? I'm like, can you handle it when we get down to it here in a minute? Elijah met at Mount Carmel, chapter number 18, 1 Kings. And it was a day of apostasy, a day of apathy. And uh, I, I really believe this old, don't, don't get so hyper-dispensational that an Old Testament text can't bless you. I'm tired of preaching around that crowd thinks they know so much. 
You know, a lot of good things started in the Old Testament. A lot like breathing. Amen. Cornbread. We still eat it and we still breathe. Somebody say amen. It may not all be written directly to me, but all the Bible's written for me. Those things written for time written for admonition and learning. There's, there's applicable truths from the Old Testament. And, uh, and I see here a day of apathy. I see a day that parallels with 21st century Christianity. I've never seen, I never thought I would see. I saved at an early age. I'm, I'm only 56 years old. And I was saved in the Bible Belt. I was, I was born around Atlanta, Georgia. And, and I never thought I would see the apologies that leaders are making for old-time religion. If we're right, we don't have to apologize for it. I, I, I'll never forget, I went to Liberty University for two years, and I had a class called Apologetics. And I mean, man, I, I, I was already offended by the name of the class. I, I called my daddy. I said, Daddy, I, don't, I said, you're going to have a problem. So they, they got this class. He said, what is it? So I said, it's Apologetics. He said, what's it about? I said, it's about doctrine. And, and it's about the virgin birth, the verbal plenary expression of the scriptures. And, 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 and I said, I ain't apologizing for none of that. He said, son, you acting like your mama's people. He said, that means the defense of the faith. And I, I made up my mind, if I ever had anything to do with a Bible college, we're not going to call it apologetics. We're going to call it the defense of the faith. Amen. I don't want to give anybody any idea. Hey, we don't even have retreats at our church. That sounds like you're losing. Somebody say amen. We have charges. Act like you like it, son. I'm going to get to you in a minute too, praise God. Amen. Don't bow up on me this early on. Is everybody all right? It's a day of apathy. Do y'all not see that? Uh, the church is backing off what we know to be true. We're looking the other way. And this nation had reached a place where Baal God and the, uh, the, the groves, that's these tree huggers, worshiping nature. They, they had taken over 450 prophets of the groves, 400 prophets of Baal, 850 false prophets versus one man. And it was a showdown. And what he really was trying to do was prove God was alive. That's really, and my purpose at Middle Tennessee Baptist Church in Rutherford County, Tennessee, is to prove God's alive. And in, in the earlier chapter, chapter 17, Elijah proved God was alive to himself by a brook. It was there he had to learn that God could meet his need. And the ravens fed him in the morning. They brought him bread and meat. And Y'all know the story. He had announced a drought, no rain, except by my word. And he stayed there till the brook dried up. And God met his need. And then he proved God was alive to, to the saints, that widow woman. That widow woman's son had died. That widow woman had there without just a little bit of flour, a little bit of meal, a little bit of oil in her cruise, and, and God met the need for her. And then she became skeptical when her son died, and God proved he was alive to the skeptics by the dead boy. And by the way, he's still able. Uh, to do above and beyond what we ask or think. He's that kind of God. But his goal was to get to Carmel. Because he's going to prove God's alive to a society. We're, we're living in a day where 
believing in a form of deity is popular. Everybody's a believer. They call, it, they call themselves people of faith. That makes me want to vomit. I'm not a person of faith. I'm a Bible believer. I'm a Bible-believing Baptist. Amen. They say we're people of faith. And that was very, it's popular today to believe as long as you don't specify deity. See, when you say, I believe in God. Well, everybody, oh, yeah, I do too. But when you say, I believe in God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Ghost, they ostracize you immediately. Well, he's one of those ultra-conservative, right-wing, militant fundamentalists. I didn't know there was anything but that. Amen. And he meets this crowd of false prophets like we meet every day. And he challenges them to prove their God was alive by fire. You all know the story. He's identified in the first few verses, verse 17, 18, 19, Ahab. Oh, Ahab and Hillary. I mean... Ahab and Nancy. I mean, no, no, no. Ahab and Jezebel. They identified the prophet as the problem. Can I say woe unto you that call evil good? Old Testament word woe is an announcement of judgment. Can I say woe unto America? When we call right wrong. Same sex marriage is straight out of hell. And all of that Kavanaugh, every bit of that was about killing babies. They're not fetuses, they're babies. They're not fetuses, they're babies. Amen. Woe unto them, call evil good. And he was identified as a problem. And if you'll stand for God, listen, there's going to be a reproach. I want to tell you something before I get to preaching. Y'all pray for me. I'm easing that direction. But, but there's a reproach that accompanies this old time way. We're wanting to stand for something and everybody like it. We're wanting the endorsement and we will be embraced by all circles and, and all stripes. Let me tell you something, you stand for God. You stand for the principles of God's word. It's going to cost you something, friend. Amen. And so he said, we're going to see we can call down fire. You pick up about, uh, let's just see about verse 22. He called the people to a decision. In verse 22 he said, Elijah said unto the people, I, even I, remain a prophet of the big L Lord. That's a proper noun. He's, he is the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood and put no fire under, no, no tricks up your sleeve, no manipulation. And I'll dress the other bullock and lay the wood on and put no fire under. And ye call on the name of your little G-gods, and I'll call on the name of the big L Lord. And the big G-god that answered by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. I mean, they were in one accord. Let's see who's got the, let's see who's got the real God. Who's got the fire. By, by, amen. Who, who's got the real, who's got the real deal? Verse 25, Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, You choose you one bullet for yourselves and dress it first, for ye are many, 
And you call on the name of your little G-gods, but now put no fire under. And they took the bullet which was given them, and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And then they leaped upon the altar which was made. That's interesting right there. Came to pass it at noon that Elijah mocked them. He's mean-spirited. Anytime you disagree with a liberal, anytime you, you reprove or rebuke a liberal, they won't call you mean-spirited. It don't matter how you, how you, how you rebuke them. Then you mean-spirited. Can I say my hind leg? He mocked them. He said, uh, he said, either he's talking or he's pursuing or he's in a journey, a peradventure, he sleepeth and must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after the manner with knives and lances till the blood gushed, gushed out upon them. It came to pass that when midday was past that they prophesied unto the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regarded and Elijah said unto all the people, come near unto me. Let me just say parenthetically, if you're doing it right, you have nothing to hide. I'm skeptical of these ministries that, that they, have no, they have no accountability. You know, they're on their own. No, no local church accountability. I understand that every work in the New Testament church age is 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 a outreach of a local church. They call them ministries of the church. Amen. Anybody who's bootlegging out here, renegades, mavericks, amen, they're on their own. Hey, I wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. I wouldn't touch an evangelist if he wouldn't tell me where his home church was, where he tithed. I wouldn't use an evangelist who never talks about his pastor. I tell you what he is, he's a false prophet, what he is. Amen. God sanctioned the New Testament Baptist church to get the job done. We are in the church age, we're in the age of grace. Amen, friend. And ain't no charismatic outfit on television that's going to take that role. God's designated. Amen, friend. Don't, we have nothing to hide. He said, God, come near. And he repaired the altar of the Lord, which is broken down. Elijah took the twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. My Heavenly Father, I need your touch tonight. And I'm already excited about the privilege, the honor that I have to speak, and Lord, to try to preach the word of God. What, what an honor. And I pray, God, you'd help me. I yield myself to you from the top of my head, the sole of my feet. It's my desire to please you. And I do pray for Holy Ghost discernment and restraint not to say anything that you wouldn't have me to say. I, I, I want to say exactly what you'd have me to say. But then I pray you give me courage and boldness to say everything I ought to say. And then I ask you, even before the invitation comes, that after this message is preached, when we extend an invitation to the saints of God, and maybe one or two, maybe three or four are lost in here tonight. Maybe more than that. I pray old-timey conviction would show them their need of a Savior. But for the church, I pray God tonight when we gather on this altar, 
that we would leave here purposed as Daniel of old. We'd be purposed not to defile ourselves, but to leave here to have an impact on 21st century humanity. Let, let us stand in a day of adversity like Elijah stood. For we ask these things in Jesus' name, and may long live old-time religion till you come again. Amen. He wanted to prove God by fire. He wanted to prove God by fire. If you study fire in the Bible, fire is a representation of many things. It represents the presence of God. One of the early, one of the early types in the scripture was a pillar of clouds by day. And then at night as Israel exited Egypt, they had a pillar of fire by night. And that fire gave proof to the presence of God. Amen. I like it when the fire of God is evident. I like it when it's tangible. I mean, there's something big as God moving, you can't feel him. Something wrong with you. I felt the Holy Ghost before I ever got saved. He convicted me. And, and, and we're living in an age today where, honest to God, people scared. I mean, man, they scared to say Holy Ghost. I mean, most Baptists, like that little boy, he's scared of the fire, scared of God's power. I mean, that little boy was scared of the, he's scared to death of the dark. He's just scared to death. I mean, and he told his mama, said, Mama said, don't turn the light off. She said, son, ain't nobody in here but you and God. And he said, I know it, Mama, but I'm scared and, and, and I need you to leave that light on because when you turn that light off, I, I go to hearing things. And, and she said, son, you got to get over that. You got to grow up and you, you got to learn that. Ain't nobody here but you and that only person is you and God. And she flipped the light off, started walking down the hallway and she heard him holler out and said, God, I know you in here. But whatever you do, don't you move. Because if you move, you're going to scare me to death. I honestly believe there's Baptists who come to church. I believe in God, and I believe in the presence of God. But Lord, I hope he don't move this morning. We need the fire to burn. It represents his power here at Carmel, the power of God. He represents his power. He licks up 12 stones, a, a bullock, uh, 12 barrels of water, all the ground that was sitting on. I mean, that's a power of God, friend. Man, most churches today ain't got enough fire to warm a chigger's feet. I mean, a chig grows. Somebody say amen. Y'all all right? I mean, we're living in an hour where it's a powerless church, anemic church. We got we to gotta have some kind of a program to get people off drugs. We've undermined the power of God. People don't, I mean, they can't get, they can get saved. We believe somebody can come down this old-fashioned altar, Brother Jim, and get born again, and get saved by the, but we don't believe you get sober down here. Because you got to have a program for that. I tell you why you're here, because that's popular. Well, why don't you have a wife beaters program? Why don't you have a child abusers program? No, that stuff's popular, all that chemical dependent. You ain't chemically dependent, you're a drunkard. You're a dope addict. Hey, you can't get saved till you get lost. You gotta, hey, amen, friend, no fire. I still believe there's a power of God that can transform a man when he comes to an old-fashioned altar. I've seen it enough. I've experienced it enough. I've pastored long enough to see drunkards sobered on one trip to the altar. Amen. Powerless. It represents a purpose, that fire. 
those cloven tongues of fire in the book of Acts, that's not some unintelligible tongue. There was a signification over those apostles that these men are going to be used of me. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. There's a difference between a crowd that's got that fire. There's a difference between that crowd at church, amen, that, that collective church body. There's a difference between that old-time preacher. There's a difference between that Bible teacher, those that sing, those that sing for the glory of God. Hey, there's a big difference between the crowd that's got the fire and the crowd that don't have the fire. It designates something about them. Fire represents purity. Y'all don't want me to preach this long, but I, I'm going to stay here a minute anyhow. Purity, holiness. My mama's so old timey, she acts like she ain't old time. She, she puts on airs, but my mama's so country. People this country says crystal or crystal. People this country says Walmarts. They don't say Walmart, they say Walmart. Everybody in here says it. I'm going down to Walmarts. Mama will be talking so fancy, and I mean, using, and all of a sudden, Christian and Walmarts will come back. I'm going to go down to Walmarts and stop by Christian and get me one of them. Hey, country. She knows all the signs, all that stuff. And she, she knows she knew what sign to cut my bangs. She cut it on the shrink of the moon. Amen. It looks like your mama knew the signs too, sir. Amen. I remember. We'd, we'd get shoes in the, in the fall of the year, time of school. We went barefooted. That's how, we, that's how we really tested our manhood. Who could run fastest on biggest gravel. I mean, I didn't start wearing shoes. So I started dating girls. I thought you was a sissy if you wore shoes. But we got to get them Converse Chuck Taylor canvas. And mom always bought them too big because she's a growing boy. My mom was tight-wadded. And she bought it, and, and, and I mean, honestly, she put, had to put cotton in the end of it. It looked like elf shoes. I mean, clown shoes. I'd lay some of the eyelets and come all the way over. He'll grow into them. Daddy would say, Jerry, you're so tight. He'll grow into them, Curtis. Yeah, when he's 27 years old. I remember wearing them shoes, and inevitably, within, within the first two hours, I'd have a blister big as a 50 cent piece, half a dollar on my heel. And I'd come in and say, Mom, I got a blister. And she'd say, Hold on a minute, let me go in here to, to the sewing box. And she'd come back with a needle about that long. And then she'd go into the kitchen and get one of them white tips, strike anywhere matches. And rake it across that stove, and it'd pop like a twenty-two rifle going off. If you, I need a witness. Had <laughs> I come to Ted this my yeah, can I get a witness? Huh? And she'd strike that thing, and you could smell sulfur burning in there. And she'd take that needle and she'd roll it under that flame. And I said, Mom, what are you doing? She said, I'm purifying. I'm sterilizing this needle. Well, we need the fire to burn our churches again. You can't tell the world from the saved anymore. Amen. I like people coming in the right direction, but you need to keep coming in the right direction. Amen, friend. Keep on coming. Amen. And leaders ought to set an example above and beyond. And leaders ought to set, I need to say that again. Man, we need to set an example of holiness and the way it ought to be. And I mean, man, I'm telling you, that fire needs to burn. I think we could all agree, before I get any further message, we, we want that. 
You wouldn't even identify with this place. You wouldn't be a member of this church. You would not be associated with Brother Derek Collins and Gethsemane Baptist Church, Gethsemane Bible Institute. You wouldn't come to hear, uh, hear the preachers that are, that are present in this meeting unless you already were concurrent. I mean, you agreed. You're, you're behind all that. But friend, somewhere down the line, we're going to have to get the fire burning. What's it going to take in a Laodicean church age? What's it going to take in a cold and indifferent church age to get the fire to burn? I want you to look at the text. Number one, I see that the need is evident. I don't think we need to vote on it. We're all in one accord. We need to fire God. First thing I notice, that when they couldn't get to fire, the prophets of Baal, the prophets, when they couldn't get to fire, the Bible said they leaped upon the altar. I mean, can you hear them? Can y'all hear them? Hey, hey, bell. What about the fire? The roof is on fire. What about it, bell? Hey, hey, bell. No fire. Kind of sounds like contemporary worship. Ain't no God within a thousand miles of that building. Now I'm going to challenge y'all. Y'all still saying that at, at that old timey book, Stamps Baxter book. Don't you change now. Get a big build, and next thing you know, you got a bouncing wall, a bouncing ball on the wall. Somebody help me. Seven Eleven songs. God is awesome, awesome. I'm so sick of awesome, awesome, awesome. Most of the doctrine I learned as a child, I learned it out of the hymn book. Stay with me. Man, they tried everything. Then they tried self-mutilization. Satanic oppression. Satanic possession. They tried to get a moving of a fire. They, they was calling on a God, but they wasn't calling on a true and living God. Hey, they was calling on a God, but they was calling on a false God. They was calling on a God, but a God who couldn't hear, and a God who couldn't bring the fire that the nation needed, that the church needed, that our family needs. They're calling on a God. Then they started cutting themselves. Lances and knives. The blood gushed out. Couldn't get attention to God. And so when they couldn't get the fire, watch this and hear me, they changed their focus from getting the fire to tearing up the altar. I'm going to tell you what's required for the fire of God to fall. It's proven in this text. There has to be a structure. There has to be a designated structure for the fire to fall. It ain't just going to fall anywhere. By the way, fire God ain't falling at Branson, Missouri. I can tell you that. Hey, fire, fire God ain't falling at the, at the a Southern Gospel Reunion up there at Gatlinburg. Hey, the fire of God ain't falling down. Oh, well, there's a bunch of sodomites and lesbians at a Gaither homecoming, friend. Hey, friend, the fire of God. But the New Testament church. Amen. And here's the attack in this hour. The attack is on the church. 
I've never seen more competitors on Sunday. Travel ball. You're sold out. Hey, Daddy, you ain't got no backbone. What we need is revival of men. Hey, but we need a revival of most of these men. Hey, honest to God. Eternal man ain't lying loose in most Baptist churches. He's starved to death trying to find one. Amen. Go ask your mama. Go ask your mama. What can daddy say? No. Daddy is also what he said. Say, uh-uh. Say, ain't no way. Say, over my dead body. Said, what kind of drugs are you taking? Have you lost your ever-loving mind? Somebody help me. A lot of ways to say no, daddy. Well, go ask your mama. God help you, sir. You're weak. Attacks on the church. Everything trumps church anymore. Everything trumps church. I mean, man, your, your family visits from out of town. I can't go. Mama, why don't you just make them feel bad? You know, you, you, we're not the salt. Hey, look at me. We're not the sugar of the earth, neighbor. Hey, we're the salt of the earth. Salt stings open wounds. Salt hurts the eye. Hey, look up in here. We're trying to be sweet. Why don't you just say, y'all do what you want to. We're going to church this morning. Make them feel bad. They ought to feel bad. I said they ought to feel bad. Amen. Everything trumps church. I don't care what. Hey, the structure, it's a, it's, a, it's a designated structure. God set this New Testament church aside for this special time. And everything that's done for the work of God is sanctioned by this church. It amazes me, man. Well, we, we, you know, we try and teach, we taught our son everything. When he, we always try to teach faith. If, he, if he's going to play ball, we want him to be faithful. We want to teach faithfulness. We won't teach him what he starts. He ought, he ought to finish. That sounds so spiritual. Why don't you say this? What about when he joined the church? What about when he got saved and got baptized? And joined? What, about, what about when he joined the church? Everything trumps church, friend. I'm telling you, if they're having a cockfight at church, you ought to bring a show of the roosters and some sharp gas and a pocket full of $1 bills. Everybody all right? If it's happening at church, hey, if it's happening at church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every night of the morning. Hey, man. Everything trumps church. Some of y'all ain't liking it. You better start liking it. Thank you, sir. They'll stone you when it's over. It's a despised place. The place is despised. It's amazing how people hate church. They'll attack church. I'm one, I want to say I have no complaints about church. I have no regrets about getting saved. It's all been good for me. I love it, friend. If you get saved, you're going to love the church. I say this about it. It's a, it's a, it's a divine place. 
Don't, don't try to show me what you know. I understand that God's omnipresent. I understand that. Don't try to tell me, well, God's everywhere. I hear these people. Well, we're going camping. We're going, we're going, we have a KOA. We have, we have a preacher at the campground. That ain't church. Well, when we go on travel ball, we always have a devotion. You trying to tell me that backslidden coach who's skipping church to coach that team, you're going to look to him for spiritual leadership? Look up in here. That is the blind leading the blind, hoss. You're going to skip the church? You're going to skip a pastor who studied all week long, who prayed and begged God for a message? Hey, you don't know the hell he's fought to bring you something to preach, and you're going to mock that? Hey, be not deceived. Be not deceived. You're deceived. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Ain't nothing going on and more important than church. So they leaped upon the altar. If we can't get to fire, we're going to make dead sure that old time religion crowd ain't going to get to fire. If 850 false prophets who's backed by Hillary, hey, if they can't get to fire, hey, if they can't get, we're going to make dead sure that that old leather long we're going to tear it off about them. Don't y'all think that all what's going on at Walnut Ridge Baptist Church, devil's going to lay over like some coward dog. You done, you done ticked him off. That crowd Sunday morning, man, I guarantee, hey, there's 500 people in here if there's 10. Everybody okay? That's evangelistically speaking. Somebody say amen. There's a little over 1,000 in here tonight. Is everybody Okay. Look up in here. Hey, look up in here. I'm talking about friend the devil. It's not going to play dead. Be sober and be vigilant for your adversary, the devil. He walketh about as a roadblock. He's seeking. He wants to destroy some marriages in this church. He wants to, he wants to cause division in this church. He'd love to mess up your family. Look at me, neighbor. Hey, friend, there's got to be somewhere for fire to fall. If there's any day that we ought to commit, I'm talking about, I'm talking about commit. You know, we don't ever use the word rededication anymore. I was talking to one of my deacons not long ago, and we were talking about our, our, our decision form. We have the decision form. We ordered them from Broadman Press in Nashville, Southern Baptist. That's about the only Southern Baptist thing I got. But we got it, and it says under there, salvation, church membership, baptism, or rededication. When's the last time you've heard the word rededication? People used to get out of, hey, they'd get out, they'd, they'd get out of the walk of God, they'd get distant to the church, and they'd come for the church, and I want to ask the church, I want to rededicate my life. You know why we don't have any rededications? You white-haired saints, look at me, because we ain't gotten our dedication. We ain't gotten our dedication. I had a Sunday school pen when I grew up. I mean, that thing, you could use it for a log chain. We didn't miss. I wasn't the only one. Man, we had people, how many remember Sunday school pens? That Sunday, you know what we did? We wouldn't, they wouldn't go on vacation until after Sunday school. They wouldn't think about leaving on Saturday night and, and just shun the church. Don't y'all look down. Hey, we ain't dropped no quarters. It's preaching time, friend. It's amazing where the church ranks. 
What's amazing with the local New Testament church that Jesus bled and died for and gave himself for and bought and paid for with his own precious blood. It's amazing where it ranks on priority. It's amazing where it ranks on priority in our life. Hey man, hey man, brother Tony, that's good preaching. Say it again. There won't be no fire burning till we get back to putting the main thing, the main thing. Upon this rock I'll build my church. Not worship center. Not outreach. Not fellowship. He said church. And by the, if it don't say church on the sign, bless God, I bless. Hey, I doubt it is one. Thank God y'all built a church. Thank God for pews. You ain't gonna unscrew these every week and have a, have a dance hall in here, praise God. Amen. Hey, thank God you put some permanency to it. This is not going to be transitioned, transformed into some kind of a jute joint on Saturday night. This is a church. It's where God's people meet. It's where the presence of God, it's where the power of God, it's where the purity, it's where the fire, it's where the, hey man, it's where the, it's where the fire There's some permanence to it. Amen, it's structure. Then notice this, if we're going to keep the fire, not only do I see a structure that's required, but I see some strenuous rigor. The Bible said, and he, personal pro town, he's talking about him, Elijah, not they. I'm learning, man. It's, it's not a big crowd. Sometimes it's just one in a family. Mama fights daddy, and daddy fights mama. Kids go to a youth beat and get, get fired up and come back and want to start dressing modestly and looking like ladies. And then mom says, well, you ain't got to be like that. You think you better than her? And try, try, to, try to discourage them. Ma'am, look at you. You ought to have your tongue cut out of your mouth. We'd vote you out of our church. If we heard about that, you'd be out on a rail. Is everybody okay? Everybody, I feel like preaching now, praise God. You keep your mouth off what God's doing. All vipers use their mouth. They're poisons in their mouth. Hey, when that serpent showed up, hey, it was the poison, my friend, was in his mouth. Hey, those Pharisees, hey, that Jesus warned you vipers. Hey, the poison was in their mouth. You keep your mouth off the church. Keep your mouth off the preacher. Keep your mouth off the preacher's family. Amen. Receive not an accusation against the elder, except with two or three witnesses. Receive it. I mean, don't even hear it. Hey, any jackleg knows y'all not make one. Boy, it got quiet in here. I might ought to stay there about another 15 or 20 minutes. Watch this. Man, are y'all okay? I got two or three men look like we need to call 911. Their eyes are rolling back in their head. They look like they're having some kind of diabetic coma coming on. Ma'am, this is called preaching. And you don't have to ask your husband, is it okay? Amen! And sir, you sure don't have to ask your wife. Is everybody all right? I, I tell you what, there's a str- but wait, it's strenuous labor. He repaired the altar that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones. I don't believe these are just 12 little pebbles. I mean, it's big enough to, to, to carry the weight of a slain bullock, a young bull. Pretty, pretty, pretty stout 
Pretty, pretty secured structure. Twelve stones. Not twelve little pebbles, not twelve little rocks. Twelve stones according to the number of the, of the tribes of the sons of Jacob. Whom the word of the Lord came. I want you to notice this strength. No, normally, the labor in rebuilding the altar, the labor in protecting, I'm talking about the structure, it's, it's normally going to be a lonely labor. It's not typical to have churches of like faith doing the same thing right next door to one another. Be honest. I mean, it's not typical. That's, 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 that's not normal. Most of y'all drove quite a distance to get here. I mean, Mountain View's a long way from here. It's hard, it's hard to find brethren of like faith. Most of the time, if you're going to do something for God, most of the time you do it by yourself and your family. You'll fight your brothers and sisters. You'll fight all, you'll fight all them charismatic television watching aunts and uncles that send their money to Jimmy Swaggart out of hell. Amen! Everybody, don't look down! Don't you look down! It's usually lonely. It wasn't 15, Elisha wasn't even there. It's Elijah by himself. I'm learning until you learn to stand alone that you're not going to stand for long. You young preachers, you got to have an entourage, you know. Me and my gang. Dang, together, dang. dang. I know, I know preachers like that. If somebody don't call them every two days, what's wrong? Sound like I'm a sissy. Sound like I'm effeminate. Is something wrong, brother? I talk to Brother Jim every time I have a Bible question. Somebody help me. We don't, we don't talk. How did, how did your day go? Are you kidding me, man? Bunch of soft bunch. Ma'am, act like you like this. You're, you're bothering me. I've had meaner than you and I've made it through it. Amen, friend. My wife sits back there and hisses while I'm preaching. Stay with me. It ain't easy. Normally, it's a lonely task. I see these excited young men, and I don't want to be negative. I don't want to throw a wet blanket on your enthusiasm, but I want to warn you. Hey, two or three years from now, maybe just you. He calls to discipleship. One of them over there says, Lord, I'll follow you wherever thou goest. And Jesus said, I then. This is in the original. This is in the, this is in the, this is in the originals. This is in the received, this is the textus receptus. And this is what he said, Brother Jim. He said, hey, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the sun has no place. Ain't going ain't to be like you think it's going to be. And as soon as he said, I'll follow wherever you go, and he told him the reality that it's going to be lonely. It's not going to always be popular. It's not going to be embraced. That old time religion, that Bible, that Bible based life, and that old time has not always been accepted. He said, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath no place. And the Bible said, And he said unto another, What happened to him? He gone. Man, I've had them come to our church. I'm talking about fired up, friend. Quit everything. Wasn't long. Got lonely. 
Got lonely. You're the only one over there like that. You're the only King James over at the place you work. Yeah, man. Gets lonely. Let me say this. The job, the, the, the strenuous rigor comes when you get lonely, it gets harder. Then I thought about not only the, the, the loneliness of the, of, the, of the rigor, but I thought about the length. It doesn't say how long it took him. It's interesting in the time frame of those false prophets. They started in the morning, they went to the evening, never got. But it really doesn't say how long. I mean, Elijah just started pulling up them rocks that they tore down. Man, they're tearing down our stones. I still call it Sunday school. I don't call it life lessons. That sounds liberal to me. I thought it's called Sunday school. We call it Sunday school. What I meant to say, we call it Sunday school. We still call it Sunday school. They turned out, they turned out our vocabulary. They're trying to change our terminology. It's called preaching. I'm not sharing. I'm not sharing. If you're going to share, you need to put on a dress. Amen. I ain't sharing a blood. I'm trying to preach. Tear down them stones, man. Sometimes, I don't know how long it's going to take. Some, some of you are starting in areas way back. I mean, it may take you a while to, to restack the 12 stone. It may take you some time. It may take you some strenuous rigor that's lengthy. We're living in a day of instant gratification. Man, a young boy gets called to preach and he wants to pastor the church like Brother Derek's got tomorrow. Yeah, I believe. My daddy, my daddy was a preacher. He's a good preacher. And the church he pastored there in Atlanta gave him a, a deuce and a quarter, Electrop 225 Buick. It was tan colored caramel with a, with a white Landau roof on it, you know. And the black boy was shining his shoes at the barbershop. He's popping him and he said, real? He said, I see you got a deuce and a quarter. They said, yes, said, the church bought that for me. He said, said, I've been thinking about giving me a little old church somewhere. It ain't like that. It ain't like that, friend. It's not as glamorous. Hey, I'm telling you, hey, look at me, friend. It's not some, it may take a little while. It may take some time and some, and, and, and some, and some rigor that's lengthy. Jot this down. I said it's not only a lengthy rigor and, and, a, and a lowly rigor, but, but I thought about it. it, it, it it's, it's not easy, it's laboric. Work. That's not a that's not a four lettered that's not a four lettered cuss word. I mean, you say work around most Baptist churches. Honest to God, man, you might as well cuss in a pulpit. Work, work, labor. Wherefore we labor, we labor where the absent are present. I want God's approval here. Paul said, I want God's approval while I'm on earth. And I want to hear well done on the other side. Let me, let me, let me. You're naive. I'm pestered a naive crowd, Brother Jim. They, oh, I just can't wait to get to heaven to where I hear well done. Are you that, are you that naive? You're not going to hear well done if you ain't done well. 
Everybody want Revelations 4.1. They get over there. Boy, we got our crowns and our robes. Hold up! You got to go by the judgment seat first. You're not going to run up and jump in the arms of Jesus. Just can't wait to get to heaven. Going to go jump on. It ain't like that. You got to stand before hey, a beamer seat, an elevated place, a place of reward. You got to look at God eyeball to eyeball and answer. Hey, answer for the opportunities that you had. Amen. Corinthians 5. It said over there, those things done in the body, where they be good. Hey, for we must all, verse 10, chapter 5, verse 10, we must all appear for the judgment seat of Christ. And every man are given an answer. Every man. You're going to look at God eyeball to eyeball. Before you ever get any kind of crown, if you get one. If we get one, for you, for you, hey, you have to stand before God and answer for the opportunities that you wasted and the opportunities you took for. Hey, friend, you're going to answer for. Thank God, our sins are paid for, but we are going to answer for the opportunities that we had to serve God. And you at Walnut Ridge have been blessed. What you going to say when you were a stumbling block? By your appearance. What you gonna say? What you, you gonna stumble around, fumble around? I tell you, you ain't gonna have a blessed fired thing to say. But oh God, help us. It ain't gonna be like you think it is. Amen. I feel like preaching a little bit. Can y'all handle a few more minutes? I feel pretty good about what I'm saying. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, unborn witness on the inside, you, you're on it. Amen. We need to fire, but it ain't going to happen just anywhere, anytime, anyway. Structure was required. There's a strenuous rigor. But I'm going to tell you where we're missing the boat. If we, if, we, if we aren't already missing it on that, and we are. The element that I believe is missing in present day church age. It's, it's the sincerity that's revealed. I tell you why he got the fire down. Because he prayed 63 words over there. Now he had to have an altar repaired. We all agree, say I. It wasn't easy to do it. But the altar's repaired and he's wiping off the sweat. It's been hard. But he proved his sincerity. How did he prove it, Brother Jim? He said, all right, I want y'all to do something. He understood that that bullock was not his bullock. You know, the associational missionary provided that. God help us. I'm, I'm, I'm for autonomy. I want to say that just in case you preachers don't know what it is. Come ask Brother Derek. Amen. I don't know what it is, but I heard somebody say it one time. The association, the association supplied the bullock for both of them because they were ecumenical. Because as ecumenical, they gave, they gave them false prophets a bullock and they gave Elijah one. But Elijah said, I ain't going ecumenical, house. He said, that ain't my sacrifice. He said, go up yonder by the brook Cherif. And there's a bunch of water in barrels I saved. 
You say, how do you know that's true? Look up here, how do you know it ain't? I'm doing the preaching, you're doing the listening. Where else? There ain't no water anywhere. Water's the highest priced commodity in that day. The highest priced commodity of that day was just a sip of water. Ain't no telling what Ahab would have paid for 12 barrels of water. Not buckets, not five gallon buckets. I tell you what he did, he went to his 401k. He went to his savings account. Hey man, he went, he went, he went deep pocket right there. Y'all, you, you can, you can act like that's funny, but it's the God's truth. We're not sitting here fucking about what's a sacrifice. They're not serious about it. As long as it won't cost me anything. We'll borrow money to buy a bass boat. We'll think about borrowing money to give an offering to the church. Try to get spiritual and quote a few verses about. Oh no, man, nothing means pay your bills on time. You're a hypocrite if you don't pay your power bill a month ahead and claim by old old man nothing. You, you drink your water before you pay for it. You burn your electricity. Don't you hip, hey, bunch of hypocrites. I'm the only person in here who, who pays up. I, I got mine cut off so many times. It made me put up a big old, I had one of them, what, what they call deposits. Man, I can go four months. Is everybody okay? And still be on my money. Don't you judge me. I judge back. I judge back. And buddy, hey, I got a lot to judge. Everybody all right? Look up here. Look up here. Hey, how serious was he? He's serious enough to go get. He said, go get me. Let's look at it. Fourth column over at the Schofield says, put the wood in. Dig this big old trench. And then so get me four barrels of water. Four barrels of water. Where is it? Where's the water at? It's his water. That bullock didn't cost him anything. The ecumenical crowd paid for the bullock. He said, I want to prove to this crowd and to God, I'm serious. And he said, then, then pour it in there. And he said, now run over there and get me four more barrels of water. It's right there in that authorized version. In the Masoretic text. And it said, go get me, go get me, go get me four more barrels of water. You know what, he, man, he could, he could have retired on 12 barrels of water. He could have kept a couple of barrels for himself. Probably one, because as soon as he said it was going to rain, it was going to rain anyway. He could have just kept him one back, sold the rest for a high dollar, put it on eBay. Ain't no telling what he could have got for a barrel of water for him. Your life existence depends upon water. Your very life depends upon water. It's valuable. Do y'all see that? Do y'all let me see the value? Say, amen. amen. How serious are you? You don't even tithe. Don't look down. Don't look down. I ain't ready to pray yet. You don't even tithe. You tip God. You ain't serious. It's easy to tithe on a hundred, ain't but ten. What about what about when you're pulling that big old twenty-five thousand dollar check? Yeah. What about when the elevator writes that check? Big enough to choke a mule. Yeah, man. One hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know what that is? That's fifteen thousand.
man right there. Oh, you can rationalize all you want to. You're a God robber. That's why you're so cold. That's why your life's cold. That's why, that's why your home's cold. Hey, that's, that's, why you have, that's why this stuff doesn't stir you up. That's why, that's why you're uncomfortable tonight. You're cold. Ain't got no fire. Ain't, ain't got no fire. Sacra, I ain't through preaching. Sincerity in his sacrifice. I see this sincerity in his speech. Out of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaks. As a man thinketh his heart, so is he. Well, what you, it'll come out. He's up there and he's going to pray 63 words. And notice what he prays. Let's look at it. Verse, verse 36. It came to pass at the time of the offer of the evening that Elijah the prophet came near and he said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God and I'm a great preacher. And, and I want to be on television and have a big old jet, a Lear jet, and I want, to, I want to put makeup on before I go on stage and get a Bon Jovi perm like Joel Osteen does. It'll show up on your lips. It'll, 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 it'll slip out. He said, Lord, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant. Really, I'm not going to correct the Bible. I mean, no, I'm a King James. But what he says, I ain't nothing but the servant. The order of that reveals his, his sincerity. Thou art God, and I ain't nothing but the servant. I ain't nothing. It's amazing how pride creeps up and will steal the fire. Pride will put a fire out. Pride come for destruction. Pride, pride come for destruction. And the Holy Spirit comes for fall. And pride will put a fire out. He said, uh, and that I've done all these things at thy word. He exalted the word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire. I'm going to tell you, your sincerity is represented in what you say. Your sincerity is represented in what you expect. Man, we, we can put on church. We, I got some people, man, they make, honest to God, great movie stars. I'm coming to an end. Y'all, everybody Okay. I can see the city limit sign of closing out, all right? I'm burdened that we're just not serious about it. When you're serious, you're expecting something to happen. I honestly believe when we get to heaven and watch the video on this, I'm going to say, Elijah, let's go watch that video on Carmel. I honestly believe when we get over there in heaven, about right there where he said, and he said, amen, at the end of that prayer. He said, you women and children, y'all get back. Everybody get back. You false prophets, y'all do what you want to because my plans are to cut your head off anyway. I'm going to cut your blessed fired head off as soon as it's over so y'all can do what you want to. But you young people, y'all step back because it's fixed to be a firefall right over there. 
You know why we're not seeing much fire? We don't expect it. It catches us off guard if it does come. Oh, you ain't going to believe it, but the Lord met our need. Well, we ought to praise Him, but it ought not be some kind of surprise. You're not going to believe this, man. We prayed for $20,000 in church. He gave us $20,000. Man, you going to believe this. Oh, yeah, we believe that. It's supposed to be that way. Fire's supposed to be at church. If you really think it's coming, sometime you want to get there early. I can tell the crowd don't think it's coming. They drag in. Late every service. Leave early. I had a family joined our church. Well, they, they, they'd come all the time. And, they, they, and finally they came to me, Brother Jim, and said, Brother Hudson, we need to discuss some things with you. She said it. Because he didn't have enough backbone to talk. Lily-livered, potato-string backbone, rose water squirting, flip-flop wire. He, he, he walked, and she, she, she stood over there real timid while she said, we're just going to have to move our letter and everything because we just don't see any results. I got to thinking, well, first of all, every time I say in the invitation, every head bowed and every eye closed, you leave. Before I can even start the invitation song, you're done gone. She said, we're just not, she said, we just don't see people getting saved. And y'all know how tactful I am because I don't want to offend anybody or anything. And I said, ma'am, if you'd stay around long enough. And while she was there, I called our treasurer. I called our, I called our clerk over. I said, come here a minute. Come here a minute, Janetta. Bring your book. Read to them how many people had saved and baptized in the last month. They didn't even know. Because they got to get to the restaurant in a hurry. Because they got to meet their liberal daughter who's over there at that church. It lets out no preaching. It lets out. Somebody help me. Let's out. Got to be at the rest. Gotta, oh, we got to meet our family. They ain't seen nobody get saved or baptized. Hey, because they didn't hang around long enough to. When you expect something to happen, man, you'll start stepping on your toes during invitation. You praying for that neighbor, you pray for that one to get saved, you'll start looking out the corner of your eye during invitation to see if he's moving out. You, you go stretching your day. You're looking for it. Yeah, I believe with all my heart, he said, it's fixed to, it's fixed to come down a fire over here, Bob. You want the fire to burn? It's my goal when I leave this place, sometime 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm going back to Murfreesboro, Tennessee. With one goal. Stir the fire up. And keep it going. Let's stand together all over the house. Heads are bowed and eyes. You've been good listeners. I appreciate your attendance. Pianist is coming. How many say the Lord